0: Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. I did a couple of Google searches last night and asked the question, how many churches are there in the world? One site that I found claimed 34,000. Different religious groups. I did another one. How many churches are near Richmond, Kentucky? And I think, as I best I could tell, within about uh, 20 miles, 200. I counted... How many churches are in the Richmond phone book? I counted 72. Brings up an interesting question, doesn't it? What about the church that Jesus built? I want you to notice with me today as we continue our look on a monthly basis, at Bible authority on a particular topic. Today, Bible authority on one church. They me remind, remind you of our definition of Bible authority. Bible authority says, Whatever God permits is what we're going to do. Whatever He licenses, whatever He approves, that's what I'm going to adopt. That's what I'm going to accept. And it is a reasonable thing to understand that when God authorizes something very specific, then things that contrast or contradict are automatically thrown out, whether he says anything about it or not. And so when we try to understand what the Bible says about any particular topic, we want to know what does God approve? What does he sanction? What does he license? That is our goal for today. If you just take your Bibles and leave it open to Matthew chapter 16, we will there find the material, most of it, that we want to consider. The discussion here was generated when Jesus asked a question. He wanted to know who people thought he was. Of course, there were all kinds of answers that were given, but Peter... Exactly as we would expect Peter to be. He just dives out there at the beginning. He said, I'll tell you who you are. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus began his discussion. And he said, first of all, in verse 18, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. The rock. Jesus said, I'm going to build it on a rock. Now a rock, we think about, is something very sturdy, strong, it'll last. I'm not talking about a pebble that you can pick up and skip across the water. I'm talking about a rock. Do you remember when this building was under construction? This is a rock. Did you ever come out here during the construction and see what was going on? If you don't really know what I'm talking about, just go out anytime you want with a shovel or whatever, just stick it in the ground. And, and say, okay, right over here, I'm going to, uh, just off the parking lot, right over here to the right, I'm going to plant a bush. Just go ahead and try. You won't plant a bush. I mean, they were blasting out here. They were doing all kinds of things because we're on a rock. That's what Jesus was talking about. There have been many who have said, Oh, I know what he's talking about. He's talking about Peter. Peter, because his name, Petra, means rock. Oh, but it means pebble, like you can throw and skip on the water. That's not the word used here. It's it's a word... That stands for a boulder. It's the idea of something solid and true. And Jesus said on this rock. I'll build my church. Notice what he also said. I will build. My church. It wasn't. There yet. When Jesus made this statement to his disciples. It had not yet been built. He said, I will build. So what he was saying is, look in the future, and I'm going to build my church. Now, Jesus would either do one of two things. He would just say, I'm going to build it, or he'll say, I'm going to build it, and I'll tell you when. Keep going. He said, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Hades. Maybe you're reading the old King James. It's the wrong word. It says hell. Not hell. It's Hades. Hades is a neutral term. It does not refer to something good or something bad. It simply means the place of the dead. It's where the dead go. Now we know from other passages in the New Testament that apparently this place of the dead houses both those who are disobedient to the Lord and those who are obedient. And both of them are enduring different things. These are being tormented. These are at peace. But it's all Hades. What did Jesus mean? I'm going to build my church, and the gates of Hades won't even stop it. What death could possibly stop the Lord building his church? It's probably referring to his own death, right? I'm going to die. And even though I die, I'm still going to build my church. Verse 19. He calls this church the kingdom of heaven. Two different terms. He said, I want to build my church in reference primarily to the people. Those Who are his kingdom? Talks about the way, the form of government. We don't vote. The Lord gets all the final say. It's the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said, I'm going to set up my kingdom. Build my church. It's my kingdom yet to come. And my death won't stop it. But then he gets even more specific. He says, Peter, I'm going to give you the keys to it. Okay, here's what I know now. I know that when Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and I'm going to give Peter the keys, I know he built his church while Peter was still alive. I know that. and this church he said it is my church keep going with peter verse 19 probably every version that you are reading in this room says whatever you bind on the earth shall be bound in heaven whatever you loose on the earth shall be loosed in heaven. But this is what the Greek actually says. Whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Peter didn't get to vote. He didn't get to choose what would be bound or loosed. Why? Because he was already given a key. And that key will only open what the Lord says it will open. He doesn't get to choose. God chooses. Peter didn't choose. He simply was the mouthpiece. He was the one who turned the key. The kingdom, the church, was established. And it was already a part of heaven And God put it here. He said, I've already decided what's going to be. Shall have already been. And Jesus said, this is my church. Paul would later come along in Acts chapter 20 and he would tell those Ephesian elders. You take care of the flock that is among you. Shepherd this flock, which is the church that Jesus purchased with his own blood. The church belongs to Jesus because he died for it. He said, I'm going to build it. He gave Peter the keys to open it. It's the same thing as his kingdom. And it was built on a rock that will never fade away. That's what Jesus said. He built one church. Now I know this. Jesus said, I will build my church. He did not say, I will build my churches. So the question is can I identify the church today? or even more importantly for you and me, can I be a part of that church that Jesus said He would build? Now that's an important question. That's a question that everyone ought to ask. If Jesus said, I'm going to build a church, my first reaction should be, well, I want to do that. I want to be a part of that. That's what I want. Okay, let's find it. If he built it on a rock and it's going to be established and it's not going to die, then where is it? Well, I can tell you this, number one. Any church, that is the church that Jesus said he would build, has the same starting date that Jesus used. Same one. Book of Daniel, chapter 2. Daniel's discussing with King Nebuchadnezzar a dream that he had, and you remember it. We don't have time to spend a lot of time with it, but you remember he, he saw this image. And there were four different parts to this image made up of different parts. Gold and silver and bronze, clay and iron at the bottom. And as he was in this dream watching, a big rock came out of a mountain and crushed that big image and destroyed it. Daniel came in and he said, I'll tell you what that means. This is you. Here is the kingdom after you. Here is the kingdom after that. There is the kingdom that will come next. And it's made of iron and clay. And those two don't match very well. You can break them apart. And it's strong like iron, but it's fragile like clay. And verse 44. In the days of those kings, in the days of that kingdom, the one represented by the feet, iron and clay, God will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. When John the baptizer came and prepared the way for the Lord, in Matthew chapter 3 and in verse 2, his sermons were very simple. They had the same theme. Verse 2, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus Later on in this chapter, verse 28 of Matthew 16. Looked at those people and he said, There are many of you standing here that will not taste of death till you see the kingdom the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Mark 9 verse 1 used these words for that same scenario. Many of you standing here will not taste of death till you see the kingdom of God coming With power, Luke recorded in chapter nine and verse twenty-seven. Many of you standing here will not taste of death till you see the kingdom of God. Before Jesus departed from them, after His resurrection, went back to heaven. He looked at His disciples. Recorded in Luke chapter twenty-four and verse forty-nine. Terry, stay, wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And so they did. They went to Jerusalem and they were waiting. Jesus had said, recorded in Acts 1 in verse 8, You will be my witnesses. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus said, when you get the Spirit, the power will come. And they already knew that when they got the power, that's the coming of the kingdom. And it happened in their lifetimes. Those people were still alive. Because in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, those same disciples, those same apostles were filled with the Spirit of God. And power came upon them and they were able to speak with tongues they had not learned. And the kingdom of God, the church that Jesus said He would build, started that day. Depending on calendars, Somewhere either A.D. 30 to 33. The church that Jesus built had no other starting date. That's the only one. Number two. The church that Jesus built had one foundation, and that's the only one. When Peter turned those keys in Acts chapter 2 and preached that sermon, He said in verse 36, God has made this same Jesus whom you crucified, Lord and Christ. Go back to Matthew 16. What did Peter say? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church. The foundation upon which the Lord's church was built is Jesus the Christ, Lord of heaven and earth. And that will never change. And it will never fade. It is eternal. The church that Jesus said he would build, can be identified today as the church that has the same manner to get in now as when Peter opened the doors the first time in Acts chapter 2. That's the church Jesus said he would build. I want to be clear. I don't want to be cruel, but I want to be clear. If a church is the church that Jesus said He would build, that church cannot teach any other way to be a part of it than what Peter taught when he opened the door with the key. Go to Acts chapter 2. And it's so clear. How do we miss it? Verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly. The only way to get into the Lord's church is by knowing assuredly, believing, accepting, understanding, having faith, yes, this is right. What? That God has made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. No church can be the church that Jesus built that does not base its foundation On a confession that Jesus is the Son of God. If you don't accept that Jesus is the Son of God, Jesus did not build that church. Even if you put His name in the title. 3. Verse 38. Peter said, Repent. You can't be a part of the Lord's church if you're not willing to repent. That is to do it about face, to turn around, to say, here's what I used to be. Here's what I'm going to be. Not that I'll do it perfectly, but this is where I'm headed. Repent. Repent. Fourth. And be baptized. Every one of you for the remission of sins, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. No church can claim to be the church that Jesus built that does not teach that baptism is for the remission of sins. Period. He's a very famous fellow. Watched him on the internet the other day for a little bit. He is the founder of a certain well-known religious group, modern religious group in the country. And he's addressing this issue. Surprised me. He said, people are always walking up to me and asking, do I have to be baptized? He said, that's the wrong question. He said, The right question is should I do what Jesus said to do? Maybe there is a revival of sorts where people are going back and saying, How do we get around it? Baptism is for the remission of sins, that's how to get in the church. We're all sons of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Jesus said, whoever does the will of my father, Matthew 12 and 50, he is my brother and she is my sister. You want to be in the family of God? The entrance requirements Peter used when he opened that door. But finally, no church today can be a church that Jesus built that has any other head except Jesus no other human head. No, it's just Jesus. He must rule. He puts all enemies under His feet. 1 Corinthians 15 and 25. Ephesians 1, 22 and 3. God has put everything under His feet, gave Him to be a head over all things to the church, which is His body. Colossians 1 and 18. The church is His body. He is the firstborn from the dead that in all things He might have preeminence. Jesus is the head of the church. You see, the Bible is very clear. The authority that I can teach, the authority that we can believe is this. Jesus built His church on the the confession that Peter gave. And it's never going to fade. It's here. The church will always be here. And Peter opened the doors to that church when he turned the keys in Acts chapter 2. And when he turned those keys in Acts chapter 2, he made sure that everybody understood that you cannot be in the church that Jesus built if you're not willing to know assuredly that Jesus is the Christ. Repent of your sins and be baptized to have those sins removed. That, what Peter said. And he said it because Jesus is the head of the church. I want to close with Galatians chapter 3 26 beginning. For you are all sons of God by faith in Christ Jesus for as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ have put on Christ. Therefore There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. And if Christ's, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Jesus built one church. It exists today. Anyone can be a part of it if you let the head tell you how to do it. And if you're willing to submit to it, even today, while we stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.